Well, what's up, church? Uh, many of you may or may not know that over the last two and a half months, there's been a, a bunch of men here at our church that have been doing a 10-week challenge that we so lovingly call Fight Club. And, um, and it's not necessarily an easy thing. You get three strikes, three strikes are out. Actually, we started with 230 men, and, um, and we are wrapping all that up this week, which I'm so thankful for because it's nerve-wracking. you got to think of all these things. you got challenges, new challenges every week. It's difficult. Um, but we have that wrapping up this week. We have 134 men that have completed it this time, uh, which is awesome. And uh, we are excited uh, for that, especially me. i got two strikes, so I'm hanging on by a thread. But I'm going to make it, okay? Got to make it till Tuesday. Um, so ready for it to be done. But uh, here's a glimpse of what Fight Club has looked like this chapter. I, uh, yeah, we, we're trying to be a church that appeals to men, not just women and children, which is few and far in between these days. Um, so uh, we do crazy and weird stuff, all right? That's what we do. But um, I think the thing that I like least about Fight Club in this 10-week challenge is that some things, and this is how I would put it, some things are annoyingly difficult. You know what I'm talking about? All right, like things, and you know how this is just in life in general, things that should be really easy to you, it's like once you start thinking about it, it becomes hard and it becomes difficult. For example, a few weeks ago, we had one of our many challenges for one week was um, we had to spend one day without sugar, okay? So one day we don't eat sugar. Some of you guys, I'm sure you do this like every day and good for you. You're better than the rest of us. But, um, but for me, I'm like, and I read that and I'll be honest with you, I read that. I was like, really? One day? Wow, this is getting pretty easy these days, you know, like, that, that's not going to be hard. Until you start planning your week, you know, I read that, like, on Thursday, that's when our, that's when our week started, and, and I'm like, oh, I've already had sugar today, so today don't count. I'll do it tomorrow, but then I'm like, no, I get fast food on Fridays, so I can write a really good message for Sunday, you know, and, and I need my pop with my burger. If you don't have pop with a burger, then you're just messed up, like, that, that doesn't taste the same. And so then I'm like, on Saturday, Kate makes cookies, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I'll do it some other day. And then Sunday, we got people who come and bring food. Now on Sundays, Blaine, like, set this up. And if you're one of these people, you're awesome, okay, where you, people bring food in for the tech team and the music guys, and I always get a little bite. And that day, we had cinnamon rolls, and they were so good. And I was like, oh, I will do it tomorrow. And you start doing all this stuff. And by the end, you're just like, okay, I'm running out of time here. And then the day that I, I like, do that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing it, you know, whatever, Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was. I'm like, I'm doing it today. Then it's like in your head all day, and you're like, oh, but there's that, oh, but I, could, oh, I can't have that. I'm so thirsty. You know, like, like it changes what you eat. It changes, changes what you drink. And there's like temptation everywhere. 
It's like you have this battle going on in your mind where I think in general, if I wasn't even thinking about it, yeah, I'm sure there's days all the time where I spend without sugar, I think, okay? But, uh, but you know, I think that's, that's kind of a normal thing that happens. And, but there's this battle going on because I know that it's going on. Um, if we are a Christian, this is what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, we, the Bible says, we are at war, okay? If you are a Christian, you've given your life to Christ at some point in your life, which not everybody in this room has, but if you have, the Bible says you are at war. And so the last few weeks, what we've been trying to do is take a step back, breathe, okay, feels kind of good, look at the big picture, detach from our emotions. Why do we do that, by the way? We do that because our emotions are constantly lying to us. All right, and I think that's harder for some people than others. So we got to detach from our emotions, think logically for a moment, all right? Survey the battlefield, take a look at the situation. We've been talking strategy, and hopefully over the last few weeks, most of you, if not all of you, have chosen to fight. And so we've talked about how the enemy puts these thoughts, the Bible describes them as lies, in our mind, and how we are to take those thoughts captive. And we've talked about how when we've given our life to Jesus, actually one thing that he does is he, he allows us the ability to put on a new self. But first we got to take on a, off our old self. He has freed us from the ways that we used to live. All right? We've talked about how we need to get rid of the negative thoughts in our mind and how we need to deal with the anxious thoughts. All right? Anxious thoughts, they have to be dealt with. They have to be addressed. Suppressing them down doesn't help anything. Next week we're going to talk about depression and what God has to say about that stuff. But here's all the these things that the world is constantly struggling with. I mean, we hear the term mental health all the time. And it's just interesting to me, like, have you noticed that all these issues revolve around sin? Have you noticed that? Okay, they all revolve around things that God tells us not to do. So God tells us to have joy, right? Well, logically, that means that when we choose not to have joy, right, or when we are down or whatever it might be, it's sin, all right? God tells us to take off those negative thoughts. Don't have those negative thoughts in our mind. Therefore, when we entertain those negative thoughts that the enemy puts in our mind, it's sin, all right? God tells us not to be anxious about, by the way, he uses the word anything. So when we're anxious about something, it's sin, all right? That's what sin is. I think some of us, we need to understand that. When God tells us how to live our life, and then we choose to rebel, and we choose to sin by living life our own way. And it's ironic to me that all these issues that the world is struggling with are things that God directly addresses, things that God's saying, hey, no, don't do that. I don't want that for you. All right? Don't give in. I'm warning you. That's not good for you. You don't want to go down that path. I know what's down that path. You don't know. Trust me on this. Like, I've never met anybody that's like, hey, you know what? I... Um, Man, I just went to the doctor, and I got diagnosed with, you know, being too happy. <laughs> like, I've never met anybody that's doing that, you know? No one's ever said that to me before. Like, I just have too much joy, and they wouldn't say it like that, right? They'd be like, yeah, I went to the doctor, and, you know, I had too much joy. You know, I don't know, something like that, you know? I've never had, any, I've never had counseling with anybody that's like, you know what my problem is? My problem is, like, I just got these... These positive thoughts is, you know, attacking my mind, and I can't get them out, and I can't stop it. I don't know what to do about it. Like, I've never had that. I've never had anybody say, you know what, I just feel too accomplished. I've done too much stuff in my life. You know, I've done, I've done too many good things. All right? I just enjoy life too much. Like, I've never heard of that. That's not, when we think of mental health, that's not what we think of. And so think about it. If the battle that's going on in our minds is actually 
a fight between right and wrong, then it should be very helpful for us to understand how the enemy works. And we already know some things because we've already talked about some things, right? How the enemy right, plants thoughts, specifically lies in our mind. But, but here's my question is, how, how is the enemy so successful in tripping us up all the time? Or why is the enemy so successful in tripping us up all the time? Like, why does planting thoughts and why does planting lies work so well? Right? How specifically does the enemy do it? And luckily for us, God tells us kind of a play-by-play. This is how it works with the enemy in our mind. All right, James chapter 1. Verse 13 says, hey, uh, no one undergoing a trial. Now, let's put this into our context, all right? Trial meaning a bad thing happens in life. But for us, let's put this into our context of the series, which is, which is anxiety or depression or negative thoughts or bitterness or whatever that might be for you. Which we all struggle with probably all those things at different levels. He says, let no one who, uh, or let no one undergoing negative thoughts or trials, like struggling with this stuff in their mind, say, I am, be tempt- I am being tempted by God. Since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. See, some of you guys, you're sitting here, and you've been coming to church for a while, and you're, you know, you're like, okay, well, I got a question. <laughs> I'm confused. Okay, so God allows temptation in our life, but God's not the one who's tempting us, right? Like, like, okay, so James is saying God never tempts us, but we've talked about here before that God tests us. Like, what's the difference? Aren't those kind of the same thing? It's tempting testing, and actually there is a difference between those two, and actually James talks about this. I don't really want to get into it, but if you read the verse before, he talks about testing, and in the Greek, when James is using this, it's kind of like a word play going on where testing results in life and temptation results in death, and so um, just trust me on that, but, uh, but God allows us to go through difficult situations, right? We all understand that? Okay, he allows that. He allows us to be tempted. We all understand that, right? Okay, all right. Um, think about it. Even Jesus was tempted. Remember, Jesus, well, he was tempted by Satan himself. Like, that's kind of a big deal there. See, remember, when we become a Christian, life does not get super easy for us. It's not like, okay, well, all the things that I'm struggling with up here, they're just going to go away. God's going to fix it. He's going to cure me of that. Uh, he's going to, you know, I'm not going to struggle with those thoughts or these thoughts, or I'm not going to think this way anymore. Like, that's not how it works. No, no, no. When we become a Christian, we are freed to struggle. Not from the struggle, right? We are freed to struggle, not from the struggle. Struggling is good for us. We don't like it, all right? Because it's a pain, and it's not fun, and it's annoying, all right? But, but it's, it's, it's actually good for us. I mean, think back to the beginning, just as an example. Think of Adam and Eve. Remember them? Okay? You heard of them before? Um, what, what's God do? Remember? He literally put a tree in the middle of their home that looks super good to eat and then say, oh, yeah, don't eat that. Remember that? Okay? See, some of us, we would view that as, as temptation, but that's not, that's, not, uh, that's not what temptation is. See, God put their, the tree there, and he allowed them to make their own decision. You know what God didn't do? He didn't come up to Eve and say, what's up, Eve? <laughs> that's how I would say it. I don't know. Yeah, he probably didn't say it like that. <laughs> All right? Hey, Eve, <laughs> oh, no, you know, like, uh, like, man, that tree is looking pretty good. You see that fruit on that thing? I've had it before. It's, it's good. All right, you should try that sometime. Like, he didn't do that. You get what I'm saying? He doesn't say, hey, did I really, did, 
did I really say, man, the rule's here. So restrictive. I don't know what I was thinking. Hey, you should, you should take, like, just take a bite. It ain't going to hurt you. You ain't going to die. Like, that's what God didn't do. See, God tests. He put the tree there. He makes it available for us to choose him or to choose our own way. He does not tempt. There's a difference, right? And here's James. He wants us to understand that God tests, he never tempts. It's like before James even begins, he's explaining how the enemy works, and before he begins any of that, he's like, we need to get on the same page here. Let me, let me clear this up. You, don't you dare ever say that God is tempting you, right? Don't you dare ever say that because you got this stuff going on in your head and you got this struggle and you got this battle, don't blame God for that. Now, I've dealt with a lot of people. I've heard so many stories about, you know, how people's lives and what they've done. And what I've noticed is that for most of us, maybe not all of us, but for most of us, when life is going really good, what we tend to do is we tend to look at ourselves. And we tend to say, wow, I'm doing pretty good. Wow, I have no worries. Wow, I'm happy. Wow, I am nailing it this week. I'm nailing it in my job, my family. Man, things are going really good for me. I am so good. Like, that's what we do when life's going good. But then when life goes bad, all right, what we tend to do is we shift the focus off of ourselves, and we shift it for some reason to God, and we say, wow, God, this isn't fair. Why are you allowing this in my life? What's going on here? Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Do you see what's going on here? What's the deal with this? Right, why am I struggling? And what we end up doing is we put the blame on God. And so what James is doing before he gets into all this, he's saying, hey, that's inconsistent with God's nature to tempt. He can't do it. It's actually impossible for him to do it. So just know he will never tempt you. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> sometimes I hear, um, well, God gave me this desire, so I'm sure he expects me to act on it. Or, hey, I got this chemical imbalance going on, and so God, God's the one who did this. All right, God's the one who allowed this. All right, God gave me those thoughts. All right, God made me this way, so this isn't sin. You, you got to be careful when you say stuff like that. Because we've talked about our hearts are evil. Your minds, my mind, is evil. Just because we feel a certain way does not mean it's good for us and does not mean it's right for us. In fact, we are naturally prone to believing lies from the enemies. I mean, you remember when, when Adam sinned, okay, back in the day? Um, uh, God comes and he confronts, actually, Adam and Eve both sinned. God com comes down and he confronts them and he says, hey, Adam, where are you? Hey, what happened? What's going on? All right, what, uh, you know, what, what did you do? And remember Adam's response? Remember this? It's so interesting to me. We haven't changed it all. He says, Oh, yeah, um, God, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Uh, actually, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree. And, yeah, I had a tiny little, tiny bite. You know, here's James. It's almost like, well, here's Adam. It's almost like what he's saying is he's saying, um, yeah, God, I messed up, okay? Like, I, I see that. I know I did that. But, um, but actually, it's kind of your fault, because if it wasn't for her that you gave me her, you know, then I wouldn't be in this situation. And that's what we do. We do that with all types of things. We do that with everything that we struggle with in our minds. We do that with, with sin just in general. And so here's James. He's like, no, no, no. You can't blame God when you fail, because temptation is actually not from God. And so for us, logically, logical thinkers out there, we should be thinking, okay, so if temptation's not from God, where's it from? Satan? Well, originally, yes, 
But now, it's a little different. This is how James explains it. He says, this is how it works, right? You ready for it? Secret? Okay, here it goes. He says, but each person, by the way, who's each person? That's each of us, okay, including me, you, your mom, your great-grandma, you know, just all the people, Aunt Mary, who you love so much, whoever that might be, you know, everybody. But each of us, we are tempted um, when we are drawn away and enticed by our own evil desires, right? So here's James. He's saying, this is how, this is how it works, all right? We are, it's, it's actually from us. It's like, it's like James is kind of like, listen in, listen in, okay? temptation, when we struggle with that in our mind, it's not from God. It's not even necessarily from Satan. It actually comes from you. In which case we're like, what? I got that? What? I got that in me? What, what is he talking about? Yeah, he's like, no, no, it's, it's you. It comes from your thoughts, your feelings, your desires. It actually comes from your Mind. And so, yeah, the enemy plants these thoughts, and sure, Satan's part of the enemy, and we understand that, and we talked about a couple weeks ago how Satan probably isn't actually doing anything with you or, any, or me or anybody in Tiffin, Ohio, because we're just not important enough, and Satan's not everywhere all at once, and he can only mess with probably one person. You know, he's got, he's got bigger fish to fry than Grace Church in Tiffin, Ohio. What he does for us, for honest, he probably sends, you know, the little lame demon, like, hey, you're weak and can't handle, like, the good stuff, so why don't you go mess with Grace Community Church at Tiffin, Ohio, because you could take them out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's probably the reality of, like, what's going on here. And so, you know, we got, we got, like, sure, Satan, we got the loser demons, we got all those, you know, that's part of the enemy, but you know who is also part of the enemy? You. All right, this is super important for us to understand. We are. It's what the Bible calls our old self. Actually, it's what the Bible describes as this thing that we all have called a sin nature. If we are a Christian, this should say, if you're a Christian, this should make so much sense to you, okay? Because you've felt it before. You know what I'm talking about? You've, you've felt that battle within you where it's like, yeah, like I have this part of me that's like tugging me towards doing the wrong thing. I got this selfish side of me that's all about me. Like, I, like, like if you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. And if, you're, if you haven't made that decision to give your life to Christ, like I don't, I don't think you could know. Like, I don't think you can fully understand exactly what he's talking here, uh, talking about here. He's saying there's this thing that we have called a sin nature, which means sin naturally comes easy for us. I mean, think, this is why it's so easy for you to, become, for you to be a jerk, you know? This is why it's so easy. <laughs> it's easy to do that, all right? It's why it's so easy for you to be negative. It's why it's so easy for you to be anxious about stuff. Right? It's the sin nature that we have within us. Again, I've never heard anybody say, you know what I need more of? I really need more anxiety in my life. I think that would be really good for me, really good for my health, really good for my mental health. Or, hey, you know what I'm going to do this year? This year, I'm just going to work on being a little more depressed. Like, that would be really good. If I could be more depressed, I think that would be good for, like, all relationships and everything going on in my life. Or, man, I'm too happy. What I really need in my life is I just need to think more negatively. I think that would be really good for me. Like, like, nobody says that. See, we don't have to work to be more anxious or depressed or negative or, or bitter, okay? It's natural for us. It, like, comes automatically for us. We automatically think that way. And so what James is saying is your own mind works against you. 
And every, you know, everybody, the whole enemy is actually working together to destroy you. Right? Read this verse again. He says, each person is tempted when he is drawn away. It's like dragged away and enticed by his own evil desires. See, that's how the enemy works. The enemy appeals to you. The enemy temptation is tailor-made for you. It's your own desires. It's things that look good to you. Like our enemy ain't dumb. Do you realize that? Okay, six people. Actually, I, I gave you guys a favorite. Four people, okay? All right, real quick, just so we understand this. Turn to somebody next to you and just say, our enemy ain't dumb. Okay. Some of you guys hadn't used the word ain't for a long time, and that felt good for you. All right? Our enemy's not dumb. Um, There's actually one time, uh, I don't know, this was a year, year and a half ago. Kate never tried this on me again. But one time, she, uh, we were eating supper, and there's this stuff on my plate that kind of looked like rice. And I assumed it was rice, just kind of funky, weird rice. You know, Kate tries new things once in a while, and you never, you never know. Anyway, and so I got, I'm eating this stuff, and I, take, and I take a bite, and I'm like, dude, this is terrible. You know, I'm, I'm honest with her. I'm like, what is this? And she's like, uh, and she didn't want to tell me. She was being kind of secretive, kind of weird about it. And I'm like, what is it? And, uh, and she's like, it's, uh, it's quinoa. Do you guys know what that is? Some of you guys? Okay, there's a lot wrong with that, I think. Taste number one, okay? And I was like, and so she gave me quinoa, and I'm like, I don't like this. I've never even heard of quinoa. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, okay? She's all about it, though. But, um, but so she gives me this stuff, and I'm like, dude, this tastes like I'm eating, like, straight-up plant. Like, I don't, I don't want to eat that. You know, I want meat. Um, but, like, it's interesting to me. Temptation doesn't disguise itself like a good old warm plate of quinoa, you know? Like, it doesn't, because nobody wants that. Well, <laughs> most people don't want that. You know, it's not like temptation's coming out and saying, hey, look at me. Man, don't I look tasty? I got bad taste. I got a weird texture. I taste like plant. You know, that's good. You want some? Like, if, if temptation came in that form, it'd be like, Nah, I'm good. All right, thanks. See you next week. You know, like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. That's not what temptation does. It's not how it comes. It appeals to us. All right, temptation comes like uh, like some Hostess chocolate cupcakes. (laughs) Remember these things? How do I open this? Remember these things from like fourth grade at the lunch table? This is what you're like trading food. You know, he's got some kid auctioning off like all his all of his contacts. He packed his lunch. And uh, this was like the prize of it all. Um, you guys had these for a while? Anybody want one? Huh? 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 I know you want one. All right. <laughs> we got the quinoa. Huh? We got one for, oh, that went right to Kate. All right, Corey? Corey, you want one? I missed that one. I'm sorry. Oh, he got it. That was like four feet taller than you. I'm impressed. All right. So we got these like, you know, these cupcakes. Anybody else? I'm just throwing them out now. You, we'll get one for you, one for that section. Okay, one in the back. Oh, we got one right there. Okay. All right, I saw that, Kathy. That's, I didn't see it, but I heard it, and everybody cheered, so I'm assuming you caught that. All right, this is how the enemy tempts us, okay? It's something like, it's something like a little cupcake. And at first, you may even resist it. So let's say, you know, you open it up, and... You know, it looks pretty good. 
and he could smell it. You guys could go ahead and eat those. And like instantly, it just smells good. And you just set it there. Like at first, you might even resist it. It's like, nah, I don't need a cupcake. It's early in the morning. Sunday morning, you know, I don't need it. It's sugar. I'm not supposed to have sugar today, you know, like that type of thing. God dang, fight club. <laughs> but then you start looking at it. And, and let's be honest, it has your attention. It's like, ah, it does look good, you know. And you start looking at it. And you start reasoning with yourself, going, ah, it's not a big deal, right? Oh, look, a little piece of frosting came off. <laughs> and you take, a, you take a bite, and it's like, all right, that's not bad, all right? That tastes, that tastes pretty good. And then you're like, ah, let me just grab like a little, let me just grab like a little piece. And you take a little bite. It's like, hmm. I remember it's taking me back to fourth grade. This is exactly how it tasted. I want some more. And what you start doing is, is it starts to stir your affection. It starts to stir your desires. And you think to yourself, hey, man, this looks fine. This looks good. And you actually give in and you tear into it. But what you don't ever see is that inside, there's a hook. <laughs> Be careful eating those, by the way. <laughs> it looks good on the outside, but on the inside... There's a catch. On the inside, there's a hook that you got to watch out for, and you never see it coming. See, that's how the enemy works in our minds. That's how this all works. And on top of that, again, the, the, each temptation is tailor-made for you, right? Like the enemy knows what, what you want. The enemy knows you. The enemy has studied you. The enemy has watched the film on you, it knows where the enemy knows where you're vulnerable, enemy knows where you're weak, enemy knows where you're passionate about, enemy knows your desires, the enemy knows your playbook, the enemy knows everything about you. And so James is saying that's how the enemy works in our minds. The enemy uses that to draw you in. And you get drawn in, gets your attention stirs your affection, you enact the will, and you're hooked. That's how it works. Your desire, he says, gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it doesn't stop there. It gives birth to death. He says, don't be deceived. Don't listen to the lies that the enemy plants within your mind. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, don't don't be deceived. Now you know how, it's, how it works. You see what's going on here? The enemy entices us with our own desires and our own thoughts. And God's saying, don't entertain those thoughts. When that begins, because it all has a starting point, he's like, don't let it start. Because once you go down that road and once you go down that hole, it's very, very difficult sometimes to climb your way back out. It's possible you can totally do it as a Christian if you're a Christian, right? But it's just hard. And it's difficult. And the enemy's constantly there saying, no, no, you can't do this. All right, no, no, you can't do that. No, you can't. You're, you're, this is just how you are. This is just how you're made. No, no, no. That's a lie from the enemy. The enemy entices us with our own thoughts and our own desires. And we are not to entertain those thoughts. And our issue is where we fall is we do. And our desires give birth. And our desires grow. And eventually it leads to sin, which eventually leads to death. Ultimately, that's where the enemy wants to take us. 
So it's ladies, it'd be something like this, all right? The enemy knows you. The enemy knows your marriage. The enemy knows your relationship, okay? The enemy knows that your marriage is not the best marriage out there, okay? The enemy knows that your marriage has issues, and it is not perfect. So what do you do? Well, you get on Facebook, and you get on Instagram, and you see all this stuff on social media of, like, the perfect marriage, because that's all you post on social media. You don't post the bad stuff usually, although you do get the Facebook rants once in a while, and you feel bad for those people. But, um, but let's say Instagram. You get on Instagram, you see all the pictures, you're like, oh, it gets your attention. Oh, my husband never does that. Oh, they always get to go on vacation together. Oh, that looks fun. Wow, that, the, the, he looks so perfect. And you start thinking this way, and you start saying, thinking in your mind, like, why can't my husband be more like so-and-so's husband? And he's got your attention. The enemy has got your attention. And then you drive to work, and you see an old couple holding hands as they walk down the sidewalk. You're like, aw, you know. And the animals are walking two by two, you know, and all this stuff. And you start, it's just constantly in front of you, and, and it stirs your affection. And you're like, oh, that's what I want. You get home, and your husband's laying on the couch eating chips, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> you're just like, this is what I get. All right, this is, this is what I have. And what you hear in your mind is, you shouldn't be happy. You deserve better than that, you know. And you decide, you entertain those thoughts. And you decide, you know what, You're right. I'm not happy. I do deserve better. And what happens is, you're hooked. And you enact the will. And you willfully move to a place where you're never meant to be. And what God is telling you is, it ultimately leads to death. Guys, you're easy, all right? It's just how it is. Like the enemy is just like, let's think about naked things. And you're like, Okay, you know, <laughs> and it's got your attention, and then real quick, the enemy has your affection, and, and, it start, and, and it's over for you. Like, it's just, it's just what it is. Like, there's no, you're just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. go wherever you want me to go, you know, like that type of thing. And what ends up happening, you enact the will, and it leads to death. See, the enemy knows you. The enemy draws you away using your own desires, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can actually choose not to entertain those thoughts. In fact, that's what God is telling you to do this morning. Do not entertain those thoughts any longer. We can choose to struggle. We have actually been freed to struggle, which is a good, good, good thing. And so what we as a church need to do is we need to struggle well, see, we're always moving. Some people were like, okay, well, I'm just not doing anything bad, but I'm also not doing anything good. I'm just kind of neutral. No, you're never neutral, okay? It doesn't work that way. You're always moving one way to the other. Either you're moving towards your relationship with God and you're growing in your relationship with God, or you're moving away from God and you are falling and failing. See, I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know. I know what I struggle with because I know myself pretty good. I don't know what has you hooked right now in your life. I don't know what mind game the enemy is playing with you right now. But you do have a choice. And I know some people, you think you don't have a choice. That's, that's a lie from the enemy. Okay, that's, that's a lie. Capture that lie, take it captive, and force it to obey. That's what the Bible says. You do have a choice. A choice to go after those thoughts and deal with them, or choice to let them go, or, ch- or choose to entertain them. Allow them to take control of your mind. 
God's saying, don't be deceived. You choose that path, it will kill you. See, temptation offers us death. And when he talks about death here, it's not physical death. Although we all know that some paths do lead to physical death, whatever that might be. But here, much more important than just our physical bodies die, dying, he's talking about spiritual death. And so if you're not a Christian, that's exactly what the enemy wants from you. He wants you to go to hell for eternity. Real place. The Bible talks about it a lot. That's what the enemy wants. And if you are a Christian, sure, okay, you've checked out of that, okay, good for you. But the enemy wants you to shut up about it. Wants you, to, wants you to think negatively. The enemy wants you to be anxious. The enemy wants you to be depressed. So you think about those things that's going on within your mind instead of telling others, instead of doing what God has called you to do, all right, instead of being on mission and doing the job that he's called you to do. Leads to death. Either way, it's death. And so what I want to encourage you guys this morning to do, watch for the enemy. It's real. If you're a Christian, it's coming for you. The enemy will try to get your attention. And if you entertain those thoughts, it will stir your affection. And you eventually will enact your will you're hooked. The enemy has you. And it ultimately leads to death. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words. We need to know how the enemy comes after us. We need to know how the enemy works. And you give us really like a play-by-play of what happens within our minds. God, it's like a battle. We ask that you would help us to move forward, help us to identify those thoughts, help us to drag those dang thoughts out and force them to obey. God, help us to do that and not believe the lies. We have the power to fix ourselves mentally. We have the power to choose not to think negatively, to choose not to be anxious, to choose to have joy, to choose to throw bitterness away. God, we need help. Because it's hard. Some of us who have been struggling with this stuff for so long, we're so far down that hole that we don't feel like we can get out. We know we can. We just don't feel that way. And we need you. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.